Janna has like a sense of poetic justice. This exactly. isn't like, this is not like Volibear who's like, okay, oh sweet, God. blood and gore, let's go. <laughs> Polar Bear, opposites. Very Warhammer. Janna, not Warhammer. That's our meme. That's our chart. I don't know. Jot it down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Janna to Warhammer scale. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 140. I'm your host, Ryan, here the other host, Dan. Uh, yes, another episode where you have no idea why we're laughing at the start of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and we're laughing. This is going to be a sad episode, dude. <laughs> it is going to be a sad one. We should not be laughing in this intro. Oh. Let's, okay, let's start, with, let's start with housekeeping. That should get us in a somber mood. Housekeeping up top. <laughs> You can listen to us everywhere. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Email us at podcastcore.com for, uh, or sorry, podcastcore at gmail.com. You got that. Remember that's C-O-R. And then follow us on all the platforms because that helps us with discoverability. We appreciate it. And then leave a like and comment wherever you listen. But word of mouth has gotten us this far. So tell a friend to take one step at a time towards personal happiness by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. And and we do hope that, you know, your personal happiness is enriched by this show because, Lord, it makes my personal happiness a lot higher. As you can tell by the fact that we're laughing at the beginning of a very depressing episode. <laughs> yeah, same here. And that's, you know, disclaimer up top, if you do go read this, which we always say you should, regardless of listening to this yes. first, um, this is a more somber tone. It deals with a character that's obviously currently in a depressive state um, as they battle the boot of oppression from Piltover. And and like stories like this are important. Like we we do like to have a lot of fun on this show, Mm -hmm. but it it worlds can't be built unless there is light and darkness. Right. Like it's you have to have that balance. It's the concept of yin and yang. And if you don't have that, it's just kind of a one dimensional story that's really Boring, all right. Uh, cough, cough. Dragon Ball fans eat, yeah. eat crow, all right. <laughs> oh but, the, <laughs> but like, so stories like this are important because, yeah. it, like, that brings life to the world. Um, and you know, if we can make it, you know, light and funny, that's great. But this is one of those stories that's kind of a little too relatable to real life. So it's gonna be rough for us to keep a, you know, upbeat tone. <laughs> yeah, we'll try our best. Um. But we start this story, so story best told in three parts, as we always like to do. So part one, we start with a young person from Zon, essentially monologuing about the difficulties of living under Piltover. And in this current state, the Piltovians in power have this view of, you know, saying one thing but behaving a different way. They like to say Zonites are like the blue collar backbone of the economy and without them Piltover is nothing. But the, the Zonites know that they're seen as second class citizens and they're treated like such as well. Uh, and as far as like anyone out there that has ever worked a blue collar job or perhaps is in a blue collar job, uh, parts of like this first uh, intro into the story is going to kind of hit home of just like, yeah, you're the backbone of our community. Like we we cannot succeed as a company 
without what you guys do, which yeah. is why we bought you a large cheese pizza <laughs> from Pizza Hut. And we left it in the front office with the sales reps. Um, so they ate all of it. There's some crusts. Oh, no. There's some pieces of crusts and the salad they didn't touch left over. Thank you guys for everything you do. No bonuses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's it. If this rings true, then you know where the story is going. Exactly. So this person kind of goes into where they're at in life, and they had to sell shimmer, essentially drug dealing, just to be able to afford a apprenticeship and a shot at something greater. They studied endlessly. They even developed a prototype gear brace that was used to increase the mobility for people with broken or arthritic wrist. And this got them into the final stage of a program, which allowed them to meet face-to-face -face with Boswell Holleran, um, who is the head of the clan Holleran, uh, who runs this program. And essentially he walked in, looked at their clothes, laughed and said, sorry, my boy, we don't take sump rats around here. And <sighs> walked out. And that was it. They were back and on. Just like that. You're like, oh, you don't belong here. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. um, and we, this is like one of the things that I do enjoy about this part of the story is that we kind of get to see the other side of how this story could have gone. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Arcane. Because uh, I'm sure that like for Victor's case, for Victor's case, he's probably like that one in a hundred, right? Yeah. Like that one in a hundred of the 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 gutter filth of Zon that piques somebody's interest and they get brought into this apprenticeship and have a chance at a fresh start of a life. But yeah. for every Victor, there's probably a hundred stories like this of just they took one look at me and sent me back home. Yeah, and even Victor, and listen, we... <laughs> We did a lot of episodes on this, so if, if you're interested in a more in-depth, listen to our full Arcane series um, and then our Victor story as well uh, and our Jay stuff because Victor is a great example of someone who is makes it but then has that survivor bias and that kind of plays into his story from that point forward. And even mm -hmm. Jace being kind of his, uh, uh, what do they call it, his sponsor of sorts, right? And thinking they have a friendship, Jace is what we talked about at the beginning, He's a person who is very, oh, you know, you guys are the backbone, you guys are this, but politically his influence still is in the pocket of what Piltover wants, right? It's a very liberal approach um, riot, to his politics, riot. so he doesn't really change anything. I swear, riot, do us a favor and have Jace throw Victor a pizza party Yeah, <laughs> in, in season two of Arcade. Like, let that be the the straw that breaks the camel's back. I, we did, we, we covered that a lot. Go listen to those episodes yeah. if you want to know what actually breaks the camel's back. But make it a pizza party. That would just be hysterical to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But back to the story. So now we move into part two where, you know, this person is thrusted into a deep depression. Now they're back. They know they're stuck in Zon. That was their shot that they put everything into. And they start to talk about the gray. And what the gray is, essentially pollution that hangs over Zon, which makes it difficult for people of Zon to breathe freely. And this is even to the point where they make a metaphor to it like slowly smothering the, the city. Right. 
you never feel like it, it's it's a great analogy to anxiety, right? How that's presented here. It's like a physical manifestation of it while this person is currently going through that um, in this moment. It's tough. It's tough to read. It's a moment where I was like, oh, fuck, man. Yeah. As someone who struggles with anxiety, it's like, oh, I know exactly what he's feeling. Oh, no, I know exactly what he's feeling. (laughs) It's very well written, uh, which like that's the reason to go read this, not to, you know, feel happy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And this leads into them then leading on their faith. And they talk about how they still pray to Jonah. And because their mother was a very devout believer and she even told them when they were younger that Jonah's presence was outside their window when they were born and that's how they knew everything would be fine and this is a very common thing you find with people who are just down on their luck is that's some that's one of the important things about religion in all facets is it gives you it gives you support right it's supposed to give you support it's supposed to be something you can lean on in tough times to get you to that next step um and this is a great addition. And and one thing I want to mention is I wish we knew who the author was. There's no author listed on uh, listed here, but the way this is written, this person has either been through this or is very close to it. Yes, I, I fully agree because like the I love as far as like how this part where they are you know go describe the feelings of being back and on in the gray, and then it's like it's in times like these I pray to Jana. And like going through as far as like how the prayers to Jana kind of, you know, help them get through this. It, it's a healthy look at religion, right? Like it's which especially in a lot of sci-fi and stuff, religion tends to be the whipping boy of yeah. uh, of kind of like everything, which religion has totally earned its right to be yeah. the whipping boy right but yeah. for a lot of people it is a source of comfort in a world of chaos and entropy so it's nice to see kind of a healthy look at like yeah, yeah. you know i i don't have the same faith as my mom but my mom told me that like there was a like the presence of this deity on me and you know it's that combination of you know the faith that she had in it with the faith that they have in their mom, the comfort of their mom, right? It's like, you know, you think Great about your mom, yep. you think about the this, you know, this powerful being that's supposed to make things better, even though they don't. But people swear that they will. So you might as well just put your faith in that because you feel trapped. Like there's nothing else to do. So can grab onto this and it's a healthy approach to it which in a lot of fantasy writing is nice to see because we get we get enough inquisition looks all right i was just about to say that (laughs) we have enough crusades in fantasy okay (laughs) hey i bring up warhammer way too much on the show we have plenty of crusades we have enough crusades all right especially since now like like the current books of warhammer too like they're about to bring back like the the another tyrannid crusade so it's like we got enough all right like let's have some let's have like just this guy who's down on his luck just yeah. leaning on his faith and be a good thing all right yeah. it's okay it's okay <laughs> so they're sitting there and you know physically they still have the pendant that their mother passed down which we talked about in our last episode how that's a representation for the devout and you know even though hope is fleeting they decide to sit there 
on the wet ground and just pray silently to themselves. And then something happens. And like, this is awesome because we do know from our Jana bio that, um, like, unlike with the other, you know, kind of like spirits, for a lack of a better term, uh, that inhabit Runeterra, like, especially the ones that we cover in the Freljord, like, Janna doesn't really kind of cling on to rituals and doesn't lean on that stuff for her power. It's just, you call me, I'll be there. Uh, and it's nice to see that it's like, okay, this is a representation of, hey, someone called. Yeah. True, true benevolence. Something's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, so the wind near them begins to gather up the gray around them and pushes it upwards, and then the wind stops, the gray clears, and they can suddenly breathe deeply. Wink, wink. Um, that's the title card. So <laughs> the, sun, the sun actually begins to shine because now it can reach past the towers of Piltover into Zaun. Remember, Zaun is at and below sea level. And then they can clearly see the people walking above them. And this is actually depicted in a lot of the art. If you ever see like a cityscape art for the stories, it kind of shows you a snapshot, like a wide snapshot of Zaun and Piltover, that Entrasol area that we talk about in our Seraphine yep. episode. And that's really the closest the two usually get to each other. And listen to that episode because we talk more about that experience there. But they can now see clearly and they can see them. And if you've ever experienced you know, our world has enough problems. And even if you're having a good day, you're in the city and then you stumble past someone who's homeless, it really brings you back to, oh, our system's not working. Something's not working. I shouldn't be enjoying my weekend. And this person is suffering and surviving. And this is exactly what happens in this moment when you clear away the fog. Yep. Like it, it kind of, it takes away the, the ignorance. Like mm -hmm. you can't, if like you can't claim to just not know something when it's clear as day, right? Like it's at this point, it's like you either want to ignore it or you're going to recognize it's a problem and you're going to want to do something about it. Yeah. And th that's the situation these guys are in because there's, there was literally a kind of like a, you know, like, a, if, like if somebody has a bead door where yeah. it's like, Oh, there's no door on it. And they just have like some beads draped over mm -hmm. it. And it's like, yeah, you can't see in there. But you can go in. Nothing's yeah. really stopping you. And it's like, nah, nah, nah. I, I don't care about what's going on in there. And then yeah. you, they just take it away, and it's an open door. And now you can see. Like uh, that, that's basically what happened here. The smoke screen's gone. Oh crap! Zon, Zon's rough, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this takes us to part three to wrap up the story. And this person sees Boswell, and he's stuffing his fat face with cake. And then they feel this hand on their shoulder. And this is the part where the tears begin to roll <laughs> as I read. Uh, because someone leans in, hugs them, and says, it's going to be okay. And this person is Shaco. And I, I've been waiting for this moment. Right? I've been <laughs> – why are you laughing? Hey, stop. Hey, you stop that right now. <laughs> what are you doing? I won't. <laughs> Just the me. pure joy on your face <laughs> to be talking about Shaco. You look like my four-year-old niece when she talks about Santa's coming in two weeks. <laughs> it's 
Jonna. So okay, happy. it's Jonna. <laughs> it's Jonna. The person doesn't even have to turn around. They can feel the presence. And I want to read the quote as well, which is, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Do you want me to read the quote? No, I'll go ahead and read it. But it's one of those things where, like, if this was coming from a person, it would feel kind of like, you know, pandering in the moment to make you feel better. But this is coming from a, a, a deity of sorts. And it says, quote, it might not be okay now. You might not be okay for a while. And that's fine. But someday, without knowing exactly when or why or how it happened, you'll feel happy. And I think a lot of people, even if you don't deal with depression, if you're going through rough a rough moment and you make it to the other end of that, which so many people do, you know what that moment is. It can be something simple. It can be something extravagant. But there's a moment where you're like experiencing joy and you cling to it, right? And that, that keeps you going to the next moment. And this, this way this was written at this point in the story, I was like, you know what? I wish I knew this fucking author. <laughs> I wish I knew who the author was. I got to dig for it. We'll dig for it. Yeah. We're going to have to do some research, but like Riot, just put the author's name at the top. Like you yeah. do with our boy, Anthony. Like, yeah. We, we, we love these authors. All right. <laughs> so we want to show them love too. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this kind of takes us to what happens next is this person obviously begins to cry. They finally begin to feel everything at once. Uh, but there's a sense of hope there. And then suddenly she rises. She dashes past her. She's actually able to see, or they're actually able to see Jana for the first time. And it's exactly as they've been described, right? We've talked about her. A tall, ethereal figure that I would have assumed was from my imagination if she hadn't just touched me. I notice her long, pointy ears, feet that don't touch the ground, hair flowing in the wind, and even right now, when there isn't any. Eyes so blue, I feel a little cold just looking at her. Uh, but then she smiles, winks, and says, you'll want to watch the next part. Yeah. We're going to get some feel-good Sakuga. It's weird to <laughs> yeah. say feel-good Sakuga, but that's what we're about to get. Uh, yeah. Jana's jumping into action, but Jana has like a sense of poetic justice. This exactly. isn't like, this is not like Volibear, who's like, okay, oh sweet, God. blood and gore, let's go. <laughs> no, Polar opposite. Very Warhammer. Jana, not Warhammer. That's our meme. That's our chart. I don't know. Jot it down somewhere. <laughs> we have the Jana to Warhammer scale. Yeah. <laughs> so suddenly there's this gust of wind that heads towards where Boswell is, knocks him off the balcony, and there's another burst of wind that comes under him and slows his fall but doesn't really muffle the sound of his high-pitched screaming, which people are laughing at, and he slowly lands into a puddle and then begins thrashing around like the dirty little piggy he is. And for the first time in a long time, this person can't stop laughing as they watch. And that's where our story finishes. And uh, like one of the reasons that we keep harping on the fact that we want to know who the author is is because uh, this is just a perfect representation of what it feels like to kind of be down in the dumps. Uh, yeah. And I I like to imagine, uh, I say I like to imagine, um, I don't like to, but <laughs> I do imagine that there's a, at least one person listening to this that is j 
probably down in the dumps because yeah. it's that time of year, right? Like there's such a thing yeah. as seasonal depression. Even if you don't experience it all the time, you people are more likely to experience it now during the colder and darker months. Uh, and it is important just to kind of stop and tell yourself that, you know what, it is going to be okay. Probably not for a while. And you may not even know when it is going to be okay, but it is going to be okay. Yeah. And to the other, one of the other quotes that Jana had that, um, that we skipped over to get to the friendly Sakuga, uh, is that she also told, she also told them that, Hey, don't because they noticed that they're everyone else in the interpol was kind of starting to stare and it's like don't worry about them don't worry about them just yep. think about you and take care of yourself because it is going to be okay and sometimes like when it gets like this and you are feeling suffocated it's important just to kind of stop look within take care of yourself forgive yourself for needing to because it's fine everyone has to and try to hold your head up until it does become okay yeah um and i that's kind of a mantra of my own because it's sometimes i don't even believe it when i say yeah. it but you gotta say it and you gotta do it i i heard at a young age i was told a quote by an old person she always talked to old people even if they're crazy <laughs> they'll give you some insight but they told me that uh even though it sounds cynical sometimes the only person you can save is yourself and through that you then gain the strength to help others. And that's essentially what's going on here. And I, I've, I've always kept that in the back of my mind uh, as I've gotten older and as you go through different experiences. So obviously everything Hedge said is profound and true. So, I mean, that, that brings us to the end of this. And once again, we, we, we like to tell Riot, you have to add this to Arcane because what this does is Arcane did a great job of expressing the plight of Zonites, expressing the current situation, showing the rebellion, rebelliousness and the the ability to gather together and fight back against you know their oppressor. But what this gives is another angle of it, right? Because Jana is very unique in the sense that she is she's committed to always helping. She's not all powerful, but she doesn't only bring, you know her prowess of being able to control wind, she brings her physical presence and keeps that hope alive, right? Yep. And that's something that, as we mentioned in Jonna's bio episode, is lost on Piltover. Piltover has completely given themselves the technology and capital, right? That's what they're focused on. They have no room for a Jonna or anything. So when the elements act on them or when things get real, because in this world, there are runations, they don't have that to lean on. So this is a real strength for a, a population that currently is distressed. And I, I think it is important to bring a character like Jana into the story of Arcane because the like like you said, they did a great job of showing the plight of Zahn, but look at the lens that we get to see the plight of Zahn through, which yeah. is through the lens of Jinx. Yeah. Uh and we we have an episode where we covered one of my favorite comics, which is Painting the Town, uh, where Jinx uh, makes friends with Ziggs, and they just literally go around blowing crap up. <laughs> yeah. um, they are just they are smiling, laughing terrorists, mm -hmm. right? So, like 
that you can't let that be the only lens that Zahn is viewed in because yeah. that doesn't represent all of Zahn, uh, which is that's something we said when we did Jana's bio, but I think it bears repeating. Um, like we have characters like Jana that want uh, to, you know, try to lift up the spirits of the people, whether physically with wind or with, yeah. uh, with just the her presence. But we also have characters like Seraphine mm-hmm. who want to bridge the gap between Piltover and Zaun. We have characters like Zeri, uh, Zeri who wants to just protect her home and take care of the people that she loves. And she's She's a sumprat, essentially, right? Like yeah. she's no different than the character than the person we covered in today's story. So it's not fair to Zahn to only be shown through the lens of Jinx and opening up the doors to the other characters like Singed, Werewolf or uh, Warwick. Yeah. The the um, Doctor Mundo. There's a lot of there's a lot of just evil crap yeah, <laughs> going yeah. on and so on. So maybe it's okay to have something that's like you know what? There is a reason to not just nuke this part of the city. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a monster factory. Okay. <laughs> despite despite the fact that you too have probably been someone in your all chat going. The fucking werewolves jump at me. <laughs> Just like I was about to say. <laughs> so, with that, you know, thanks for hanging out. We hope you were able to smile and laugh during this episode. Uh, we're going to find this damn author. Uh, but with that, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah, take care, everybody.